1: Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge.
0: Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode 1574. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris with you here. And we have a great panel to break down the 2022-2023 NFL playoffs. I'm going to start by mentioning a fellow original dignitary of the FDH Lounge, uh, my old pal from way back, fellow Bobcat, and uh, among other things, our chief futurist here in the FDH Lounge, a man for all seasons, and uh, the man who has been the most regular voice talking football on the show with me over the course of the last couple of years, whether it be the divisional, play, uh, the divisional previews leading into the season, NFL draft stuff with our senior editor, Jason Jones, in the spring, which I know he and I are already looking forward to getting into that. As always, good pleasure to make the hot tag to my good friend, Chris Galloway. Chris, great to have you on, buddy. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Rick. It's always uh, wonderful to be here with you and 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 would sadly note that as the chief futurist uh never gets uh the super bowl pick every year correct so um so so i don't know perhaps my credentials as chief futurist uh should really be in question
0: well listen nobody's crystal ball is 100 percent here but uh you know your your record on these things is impeccable and i do know that like you being the, the first person i can think of anywhere to talk about uh Uh, 3d printing i mean you you made your bona ace on that one that was our uh i think that was our uh uh, february 29th time capsule in 2012 and uh you pretty much made uh, nate noise head and mine explode as you were trying to explain what 3d printing was so you'll you'll always have that one my friend well i'll
1: just try not to be a one-hit one
0: (laughs) nah you got some other things right over a period of time as well And uh, if my mind wasn't as tired as it is at the moment, I could probably rattle them off just as easily. But I know that you have. People can take my word for it. So uh, good to have you on. And uh, the other half of our panel uh, here today, uh, you can find him on Twitter uh, at dude underscore cav, where you can get uh, some football picks over a period of time here. Uh, He was very self-deprecating about how they were going last time we had him on. Uh, I haven't checked to see if... uh, they have picked up at all recently. But uh, our great friend and uh, fellow FDH Lounge dignitary, Derek Joseph, we brought him on for a couple of uh, football segments now over a period of time. And as always, I know that uh, he would want us uh, to get the plug in for uh, his better half, the outstanding talent, the trillion dollar baby, Maya Master. Uh, find her at Chaotic Goodest on Twitter and follow the link tree from there and uh derek uh good to have you uh back in and uh, like i said uh, any, any of the picks at uh, dude underscore cav uh, don't know if they've uh, picked up since last we talked but uh last time you were a little gloomy on them i hope things have improved since then yeah no it's
2: it, it's been a, str- a struggle especially with uh, the college uh college football playoffs that was that was a rough one i think i had uh i had michigan and uh I, obviously, Georgia was the easy one, and then NFL wise is it just it's been it's been rough. So this has been a rough year, but I think it also coincides with when strange year. Uh, obviously, mainly NFL, but college a little bit too. But it's been an eye NFL year that obviously will will hit up uh, when we start talking about some of the the interesting teams that are in this wild card round. But uh, you know, there's there's the rest of the playoffs to
0: you know get those bets get those scores uh, back going, and then uh, there's always next year. That's right. That's right. And that's what uh, a lot of people are left saying. And uh, uh, certainly, uh, be it uh, in your hometown area in Arizona, they're saying there's always next year. On America's North Coast, where I live, they're saying there's always next year. But uh, unlike Chris, uh, I I was not emotionally invested in the team this year. So uh, not my pig, not my barbecue, as they say. But uh, we will use here uh, as one of our uh, kind of tools of reference as we go along. Uh, You can find it on the main page at fantasydrafthelp.com, our 2022-2023 NFL end of regular season breakdown. And uh, on there, we have a statistical index. We kind of put it all in a blender. We took our own power rankings, and we added in a bunch of stats from pro football reference. Some of them advanced stats, some of them regular stats. SRS, margin of victory, strength of schedule. Offensive SRS, offensive yards per play, offensive third down percentage, defensive SRS, defensive yards per play, defensive third down percentage. And uh, again, averaged them all out here. In the end, we have a first tier of just Buffalo and a second tier that goes uh, as follows Philadelphia, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Dallas, Baltimore. They're all grouped up pretty closely. Baltimore is the one surprise as far as being grouped up closely, but They've always scored well on this index. I think the first year we did it was 2019, and I think they were first and New Orleans was second, and famously neither one of those teams was in the Super Bowl that year. So this index always seems to forget the Harbaugh factor as far as giving too much credit. But uh, from there, the third tier, Miami is eighth. You drop down to, as far as playoff teams, Jacksonville 10, drop down again to Minnesota at 14. And the last four teams on the third tier, interestingly enough, are all playoff teams. New York Giants, Tampa Bay, L.A. Chargers, Seattle, they are 19 through 22 on this. So I, uh, I'm going to start with you on this one here, Chris. As far as thoughts on this, you had texted me when this was released, no real surprises. I kind of agree with you, not least of which since uh, we had just done another one of these indexes about a month or so ago, there were some changes, but not many. Uh, all along, interestingly enough, The index, uh, going back to the first one I did at midseason, the index has been kinder to Jacksonville than you might have thought, so it kind of saw Jacksonville coming, and it's been pretty harsh to the LA Chargers all the way along, which makes it interesting to me that the Chargers are actually road favorites this week, which I find incomprehensible when you look at this thing here, but uh, any thoughts on it, Chris, as far as anything that really kind of jumps out at you when you look at all the teams on here?
1: Rick, I as I as I mentioned you off air, I thought it was there wasn't a lot there to argue with. Um, I think the only thing that, you know, obviously as we move into the playoffs that we've gotta we've gotta keep in mind is the fact that um it's like trend lines on where these teams are now versus where they were at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, somebody like the Philadelphia Eagles through, through the first eleven weeks, um, I would say that we would all agree that they're probably not I'm not thinking of them as the same team as we were <clears throat> back then. Same thing with the Jaguars. Um slower start. They're finishing stronger. Um as we all know playoffs, uh, you know, that's where that's, you know, trends matter going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So in some ways I, I would love to see uh you know taking taking these uh, you know taking this analysis and breaking it down and saying, okay, what's what are these teams doing in the last five you know, that last section of the of the schedule, of the scheduled regular season going into the playoffs, it might give us a little bit better idea of, of, of where, where we're at in terms of what to expect going in.
0: That's an excellent point, and I tell you what, uh, the next uh, panel that we do, I know we'll do one before the end of the playoffs, uh, certainly the Super Bowl, and my preference would be to hit Championship Sunday as well. Take that uh, one from uh, late in the season and compare it to this one. and when we're at that point, just kind of see how it shook out and uh, see what what the trend lines ended up indicating because I agree with you they are always significant and uh, Derek, I know from your perspective uh, and as central as uh, your your thoughts are with football from the handicapping perspective, certainly trends uh, are a major thing that you're always studying at all times so, what were some of the thoughts going through your head when you got a look at this thing here, and you were able to see uh, how the the teams graded out on this uh, this index of, of all these different categories?
2: Yeah, I mean, similar to Chris, um, obviously it doesn't. I don't know how much it obviously accounts with uh, with changes in the teams with due to injuries and and you know either the the uh, slow starts or strong finishes. Um, one thing that I think wor- think is worth taking a look at is. Um, a lot of these teams' records against the spread, because obviously that to me that that's kind of where I look at to uh, kind of denote uh, consistency. So, like as low as the uh, the Giants and the Chargers are on here, they have some of they're in the top five for best records against the spread. With the Giants actually being tied for number one at twelve and four, and the Chargers being 11, five and one against the spread. Um, I know the Chargers were obviously overcoming a lot of injuries. Um, I think they've as they were recovering, and then obviously you lost uh, Mike Williams, and uh, I believe Bosa. I don't know if he'll be out for the wild card game, um, or yeah. So that's uh, that might affect them. But the Giants, I mean, that the Dable effect is pretty strong with them. So being 12 and four against the spread, I know they may not be world beaters in the statistical category, but uh, you know, being tied for the first uh, tied with the Bengals at 12 and four against the spread. Um, I think the, I, I give the Giants a little more credit than what the stats are showing.
0: Well, let me follow up with you real quickly on that because as I'm looking at this here, the Giants are only 16th in margin of victory. So that shows me, I, I think, how well Vegas has done, probably setting a number on their games this year uh, because uh, you, you would perhaps expect them to be better than middle of the pack in margin of victory if they are that dominant against the spread. But it it, it sounds like. They've been going out there and just kind of grinding out the, the the wins against the number week after week.
2: Well, I think the the real more to your point would be the Vikings. yes. because the yes. Vikings obviously you know their point differential has been awful all year, <laughs> and while they have a good regular season record, yeah. they're, they're seven eight and one against the spread. So the Vikings are an odd team, and obviously once we get to the you know our, our picks later on in the in the in the call here. I'm, I'm a little nervous with the Vikings, almost more so than the, uh, you know, I honestly, I, part of me says, uh, as it sees the Giants, uh, I still have not still not 100% on that one, but uh, Giants over the Vikings, just, I mean, I, with, with the way the Vikings have been playing and, and the way the Giants are, I just see that consistency over the more with the Giants, but the Vikings kind of with that, their point differential, I don't know if that's sustainable in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that is very interesting, and uh, well, you know what? Along these lines, I think I'll start with you for the next one here. If you're looking at one team out of the consensus top three in both conferences here, because you've got Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and whatever order in the AFC, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, and the NFC, if you're looking for one team to crash the party out of either conference, I thought about going with Minnesota out of uh, the NFC just because of the offensive potential that they have there, and and the thought that they might be able to flip flip a switch. Uh, I don't really have confidence in anybody outside of the big three. I guess if you put a gun to my head, I guess I'd say Tampa, because there's at least the theoretical thing of Brady getting it done. That defense has actually been pretty good through the course of the year. I'd say Tampa, and I'd definitely say Jacksonville in the AFC, because I think they're a real sleeper here. I don't think they can get past the big three, but if you're going to tell me that there was one team that was going to be doing it, I guess I'd say them, so... I'll start with you on this, uh, Derek. Do you like the Giants enough to say that in the NFC? Who would be your picks in the NFC and the AFC if we're looking for a Super Bowl sleeper outside of the consensus teams?
1: I mean, I,
2: there's a part of me that wants to say Seattle. Obviously, if, if they get through the Niners, they would absolutely be my sleeper pick for the NFC, though I feel like a lot of people would say that as the Niners are the you know, proverbial favorite uh, from the NFC. Uh, but Giants, I, I, I'm not too far from in disagreement with you. I think the Giants uh, are a sleeper, and then obviously my same kind of thing with Tampa with the, uh, with the Brady effect. I think he's from i'm pretty sure he's undefeated against dallas um but that's not saying much with dallas's playoff uh history since the 90s so um I, I i don't disagree too much from you minnesota may turn it on um obviously they have the best receiver in the nfl cousins has had a much better year and i think o'connell is uh probably more, is in the top five maybe the top three of best coaches in the nfl right now so um from that third tier yeah i i don't i wouldn't disagree too much with you um I honestly could see Miami over Jackson in terms of sleepers from the AFC. I see Miami over Jacksonville if you consider Miami sleeper. I know they're technically in that third tier there. Miami just has those weapons that I think are are, are undeniable. Um, I think having between Tyree Kill and Waddle, if Tua has a good game and gets hot, I think I think Miami can maybe reignite that offense that blew everybody away in the uh, in the first uh, quarter of the season.
0: Well, I'd love to believe that uh, as somebody who, uh, again, Miami's always been my 1A team and uh, now uh, occupying the spot of favorite in my mind with the, the Browns out of the picture with Watson. But uh, Watson Skyler Thompson has just taken years off my life. So I, I just, that, that guy is just, I know he's a rookie and we're supposed to make excuses, but that guy has just got awful. So uh, I'm afraid that the Dolphins are just going to get steamrolled by the Bills. Uh, somebody was saying to me the other day, oh, don't, don't the Bills deserve a bye week? I'm like, yeah, they, they kind of got one. So, you know, assuming they don't lose anybody else to injury, knock on wood, this basically is a bye week from where I sit. But uh, how do you see it, Chris? When we're going outside the consensus teams here, uh, I, I know you always look at this from uh, from some interesting angles as well. Are you seeing anything other than what Derek and I have said thus far about any of the potential teams to break through?
1: Well, if you're talking about crashing the party and breaking through to the Super Bowl, to me, playoffs are, you know, it's about quarterback play, right? Yeah, Well, I can't say the Giants uh, because of Danny
0: Dimes. I can't get behind the Giants because of that.
1: Well, exactly, and I think if I was going to pick somebody from that lower tier, at least in terms of seeding, based on quarterback, I would think maybe the Chargers. Mm -hmm. um i think with a guy like herbert if he gets hot even with you know we don't know where mike williams is going to be in terms of you know um availability in these playoffs but you know if you're talking quarterbacks which i think you are when you talk playoffs um i've got to think herbert is is right there as a guy that suddenly could get hot win a couple games the next thing you know we're all sitting around going oh wow look at that didn't see that coming on the nfc side you know, because of experience, I think you're right about Tampa. I mean, I, I wouldn't put them they shouldn't be even sniffing getting out of the first round. Right. Based on the season they've had. But, you know, Brady, you know, is he can he still can he still keep Father Time at bay, uh, and rally that team? I mean, he certainly can in round one. Um, you know, as it relates to uh, Dallas because Dallas will stub their toe inevitably do they do it in round one or round two uh, and, and the same thing goes with uh, you know if, you know if he gets through depending on who wins those other games you know he, he may you know he may not be playing like Philadelphia you know he, he could be playing you know somebody that's beatable um, San Francisco same thing everyone's like yep, that's the team again, Brock Purdy been a great story so far but an unproven rookie playoffs it's different you know does he crumble does he does is there a setback um you know somebody is going to get beat in this first round playoffs that we all go oh my i really i'm really surprised that they got beat down like that and it's probably going to be in the nfc so in my mind you know those those three games are the ones to look at for that first round uh upset uh you know and i I look at that that happens every single year Mm mm-hmm I look at coaching
2: as well. I I agree that quarterback play is key in in playoffs. I'll never, you know, go against that. But I think coaching is is up there just as much, and it's kind of almost why I – it's it's like how, uh, you know, Danny Dimes is holding Rick back. You know, Bowles is holding me back from Tampa. I know Brady basically runs that whole organization. But, you know, I I don't know – Bowles has proven to not be the best head coach. So that's what worries me about Tampa, where, you know, you you jump to – to Dable in New York, and then uh, obviously, you know, the Purdy story, you know, the, the carriage might turn into a pumpkin soon, but Shanahan's smart and, and r- runs a runs a good program that kind of plays off their strengths rather than relying on uh, on that quarterback play. A lot of people, you know, and I tend to agree, is you could throw almost any quarterback in, in Shanahan's system, and they'd have the same success Purdy's having, so um, you know, the quarterback play, obviously, I see it as important, but you know, a lot of these coaches are pretty good. Uh, and that's, you know, even with Jacksonville, with Doug Peterson over there. Um, so I'm kind of looking more at the uh, at the coaching a little bit here than the quarterback, just because, you know, there is there are large divides in, in parity when you look at that first and second tier compared to third tier. But, you know, I think coaching will end up uh, – point having almost more of a factor than uh, in quarterback play.
0: Well, that's a good point. I want to follow that up with Chris, because one of the things that's holding me back from agreeing with him on the uh, Chargers... Listen, I know Brandon Staley is a favorite son of Lake County, Ohio, where I I will say in all fairness, uh, you know, they they have the finest stickers on their gas pumps that you'll find anywhere in the state of Ohio. They got a lot going for them there. But uh, I mean, I know he's a favorite son, Chris. And we've even joked about maybe the Brandon Staley coin as a way to prop up the local economy, right? That uh, If you you could do some kind of uh, cryptocurrency based around the guy there. But come on, man. That's the thing that's holding me back because Doug Peterson, I think definitely has a big coaching advantage in that game Saturday night.
1: Hey, listen, I'm, I'm actually getting, well, you'll see this later. I'm picking the Jags to, to win the game. Okay. But, but I, but you asked the question who can crash the party, right? Sure. You know, I think we're all kind of wedded to those top three at each conference. Like, eh, that's probably where we're leaning. So you asked, Hey, outside of that top three, who could conceivably crash? I say, if you're going to crash, it's going to because it's going to be because of a quarterback. It's going to be because of quarterback play. Um, you saw that last year with Cincinnati. Nobody saw them, you know, riding it. But Joe Burrow, Joe Cool's got a way to make. He's just got a way to overcome. And I would say, even overcome some pretty bad coaching at different points in different games in the playoffs. I thought yeah. for the Bengals last year. I mean, you know, Zach Taylor kind of was like, "Well, I got the Super Bowl." It's like Joe Burrow dragged them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you know, again, coaching matters. I agree, and 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 Shanahan, in that sense, you know, has a real advantage um, in the system that he runs. So again, I just think Chargers hot quarterback. Maybe uh, if I was going to pick anybody outside of the top three in the AFC, it'd be the Chargers. Um, you know, so I, I don't disagree with what's being said about the coaches. I mean, look, we all know it's a symbiotic relationship. You, you, you know, it takes two to, to, to make that tango work, as evidenced by the Patriots all those years.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: you need you need great quarterback play, and you need and you need damn good, experienced coaching. Um, in that regard, I think Jacksonville is trending all in the right directions. Um, and and I actually, you know, when we get there, I mean, you know, big reveal. I mean, I'm. I know the Chargers are favored, but I'm taking I'm
0: Jacksonville. Well, you know what? Since you said that, I'll stay with you for a second here on the AFC side. So you agree with me then that it would be a second-round matchup of Kansas City-Jacksonville. I'm guessing that we're probably not going to disagree that the party probably stops there for the Jags. Although, uh, hey, again, I'm a big Tony Khan mark, AEW all the way. I'd love to see TK uh, get some mileage out of this thing. I'll be happy for him if they make it to the second round, but I don't see it going any further. Probably the game of the year would end up being the game that we didn't get after the Rose Bowl here. I think we are going to get to see. I don't think anybody questions it. We are going to get to see Buffalo and Cincinnati play it out this time, hopefully uh, without any tragic interruptions this time around. And I think that could be the game that basically decides everything here. Or it could be a game like Buffalo-Kansas City last year that leaves the winner so drained that they're ripe to be plucked by the other team, which coincidentally would be Kansas City this year. So that Buffalo-Cincinnati game uh, is, is going to be very, very pivotal to how it all plays out. Obviously, now there's all the extra storylines involved in it. This one would be in Buffalo because of the way that the seeding goes. Uh, I've got the Bills uh, getting through there just because, again, I'm going to defer to the statistics, and they're just so dominant when you look at this index relative to the other teams out there. How, how would you see it shaking out, Buffalo and Cincinnati, getting to see them actually play at this time?
1: Well, I agree with you. I think it'll be Jacksonville, Kansas City in round two, and I think Jacksonville fans should be thrilled yep. after last season and how they've clawed their way up, winning the division, getting into the playoffs, winning a first-round matchup. Uh, you know, at least getting home playoff game first of all. And then yep. finally, Kansas City. Listen, Jack, Jaguars fans, be happy. Yep. Kansas City's going to roll you in that in that division round, but hey, you you have risen like the phoenix. Uh, from the ashes, yep. and so be thrilled. I agree. It's Cincinnati and Buffalo, um, and they'll be playing that thing. In, wait, do we decide? Is that now going to be a neutral game, or is that actually in Buffalo?
0: Apparently, I what,
1: think, what, what, I what think, is the verdict on all that? I couldn't keep track of it. I
0: think it's in Buffalo because of what the final records ended up being. It's Buffalo is Kansas City that would be neutral site in the AFC Championship.
1: All right. Well, here's here's where here's what I'm going to say: quarterback play. By all your stats, Buffalo wins that game. I'm picking Joe Burrow. The the reality is, in my head, Josh Allen, um, you know, in the last seven, eight weeks especially, has not been a very good quarterback. And I think that uh, Joe Burrow is Joe Cool, and he finds a way to win ball games. And I think Cincinnati returns to Kansas City uh, you know, for, for the rematch, uh, you know, for that rematch last year.
0: That, that would be incredible. Look, hey, man, from your lips to God's ears, he is the honorary Bobcat there. So uh, certainly Bobcat Nation rooting for Joe Burrow uh, under these circumstances here. I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, how do you see it shaking out, uh, Derek, in the AFC? First of all, I want to get your thoughts on who you think would be playing Kansas City the next week, and then also your thoughts on the Titanic-Bills-Bengals game.
2: Yeah, I mean not to be uh, too boring, but I mean I have virtually the same thing. I have Jacksonville over LA, and then obviously, I mean maybe Jacksonville can make something happy happen against Kansas City, but I'm not putting money on that. Buffalo and Cincinnati, same thing. I'm on the same page as uh, as Chris. I think Joe Burrow is the better quarterback of the two of them, at least right now. It's probably going to be an incredible game, but I have Joe Burrow. I have Cincinnati uh, winning that game. Um, honestly. Um, sh- barring some something crazy in the nfc i think whoever comes out of that afc championship barring a crazy injury or what what have you will most likely be that super bowl champion um i'm almost i don't even know if philly's gonna make it out of the divisional round uh, jumping to the nfc i mean granted they're probably the best team but dallas or tampa i still philly probably still has the edge but i mean they're 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 pretty hurt right now i mean i I don't know, I, but regardless, I have Cincinnati as, as the Super Bowl as the Super Bowl winner this year. I think, I mean, if Buffalo can pull something over him, but Joe Burrow. I agree with Chris one hundred percent. Joe Burrow is that dude, and he he finds a way to win, and he just has this. He has that same mentality that you know a young Brady had, where he's going to figure it out, and he doesn't really falter under pressure. Not that Josh Allen doesn't have those qualities, but um, there's just there's a swagger and moxie about Burrow that uh, and him making it last year and, and not getting not getting uh, the win, I think just gonna. I think that obviously just put a fire under him. So um, I I really don't disagree with the picks.
0: All right. Well, you you uh, anticipated then for the AFC Championship game then. So you uh, spoiler alert you uh, you said Cincinnati to take it over Kansas City. I want to get both of your thoughts on that. And uh, again, I, I've got Buffalo over KC on what would be a neutral field. It wouldn't be a neutral field on either of your scenarios. It would be in Kansas City if they're playing Cincinnati. I'll start with you, uh, Derek, since I know where you're going with this on the pick. Uh, Obviously, uh, revenge factors into this very much so after the way that KC gagged it away a year ago, but clearly you don't see that as being uh, a very defining factor in what would be this rematch.
1: Yeah, no, and I think it's a
2: completely different rematch. I mean, I think we talked about it uh, last time I was on. This -hmm. is not the same Kansas City. They're obviously still an unbelievable team. Mahomes is certainly still just as unbelievable he is, but... I think them, you know, not having Tyree kill takes a significant uh, weapon away from that offense. They don't really have the cheat code button that they've had the last couple of years. It obviously hasn't hurt them too much based on, you know, them getting the, the uh, that top seed. But um, I, I, I don't think that's I, – I, I see them still – they're not going to be the, – they're not the same team that uh, they came in last year. And I think uh, they may be a little – I don't know. Nervous going in, just based on maybe not nervous is the right word, but they haven't had the same season they've had. And you know, even though they they had a strong they had a strong finish, Cincinnati had a strong finish too. Um, and you know, just to 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 echo what Chris was saying again, I think Joe Burrow just uh, I, I think I think he's just that dude this year. I, with from where they started to where they ended, just Cincinnati, uh, I think they had the edge there.
0: One of the things that would make me agree with you if that was the matchup is looking at strength of schedule here. Cincinnati 8th, Kansas City 28th. Many of the teams that are the top contenders in both conferences have a relatively weak strength of schedule number because you know they account for a good chunk of the strength in their own division and don't play themselves. Cincinnati managed to play enough top teams over the course of the year. They kind of stand out in that regard, albeit Buffalo does too. Uh, Buffalo was 11th in strength of schedule. Chris, how do you see it? Is this going to be uh, the three of us picking all different teams to come out of the uh, AFC, or do you agree with Derek about Cincinnati over Kansas City?
1: I'm sticking with Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, I generally agree. I think that, you know, you look at that game that got canceled against Buffalo. Um, Cincinnati was was winning that game. I think they were going to win that game. You know, I and again, Cincinnati going into Kansas City, they're not going to be intimidated about that. Like last year, we all thought Cincinnati, you know, their Cinderella run was over and that's, that Kansas City would, would flex their dominance at home, AFC championship game. It was a great run, pat the Bengals on the head and send them home. Didn't work out that way. And then they got within a couple minutes of winning the Super Bowl. So I, in fact, um, I have the Bengals going back to the Super Bowl Um, because right now uh, I think Joe Burrow is uh, the quarterback that I want to ride.
0: Very interesting, and and I would agree with that. I think there is a lot to be said uh, in that. I I believe in the end, I I think the emotional lift that Buffalo is on at this point, I think it's going to be working for them. I think they're going to get a great amount of momentum from just, unfortunately, from my perspective, curb-stomping the Dolphins, so... Uh, that's where I differ with you guys. I have Buffalo coming out, the AFC. Uh, In the NFC, I think we're probably in agreement on uh, the three teams that uh, look to dominate that side of the uh, bracket. Uh, I will say that uh, I have uh, uh, Minnesota getting by uh, the Giants. So Derek, I think that's probably where I'm differing from you. So uh, if it was to be the Giants, you could get a different matchup in the divisional round here, because then it would be uh, the Giants going into play uh, Philadelphia uh, in in that game, and it would be San Francisco Dallas, a rematch of last year, and wouldn't that be uh, interesting? Uh, having that rematch, albeit in a different place, but uh, I've I've got it being a San Francisco Minnesota uh, matchup there. I've got the Niners advancing to the NFC Championship game. I'm going to say Philadelphia over Dallas. Uh, now y- you had said uh, Derek that uh, you had had some doubts about philadelphia possibly getting through uh, a third game with uh, dallas i'll i'll forego the very easy line about how it would be convenient for you in that household to say that uh, dallas would have the advantage over philadelphia <laughs> but uh as far as how it goes like i said i'm assuming based on your comments that you would see the giants in that round but how would you see those two games shaken out in the nfc in the divisional round
2: Yeah. So I see the giants against Philly and obviously, uh, like you alluded the Niners, uh, against Dallas. Um, I think from just a matchup point, that's the more fun matchup, both divisional
1: rivals, Mm -hmm. um, both play each other a lot this year, Philly and Dallas. I mean, a lot of it would
2: depend on how that wild card, uh, game goes If Dallas, you know, predominates Tampa pretty well, then I'd probably slightly give them the edge over Philly. But, um, having, you know, no one played yet. Um, you know, I'll I'll go ahead. Obviously, Giants are my pick over Minnesota. So uh, them against Philadelphia, I think they have a good chance. If in that game, I think it's a close game. I'd probably still give the edge to Philadelphia, but I don't think it'll be a blowout by any means. And I could I could see a scenario where the Giants somehow sneak past Philadelphia. Um, and then from the other side, San Francisco, uh, and then that would be Dallas. Same sort of thing. Uh, I from a matchup point, I think that's exciting because you have two phenomenal defenses and then mm-hmm. you have two quarterbacks that are... Well, Purdy obviously is the Cinderella story. Dak is on and off just to see just how he decides to play that day. Um, but with the strength of San Francisco's defense, um, being able to probably stop the, uh, the two-headed monster that Dallas has with uh, Pollard and Zeke, uh, I could see Dallas uh, coming over them as well. So um, I almost... Going opposite of you, there's a you know maybe it's just the uh, me loving the underdogs and from a from a petty standpoint, but uh, I kind of see a scenario where both Philly and San Francisco could uh, could go down. As much as everyone loves the uh, the Purdy story, I think at some point the Purdy story has to come to an end.
0: That that is plausible, and I will say this about uh, San Francisco and Dallas. I, I like to look for these numbers that just make me just kind of uh, get very intrigued. And on Dallas, their offensive yards per play is a little more mediocre than you would think, only ranked 15th in the league. And then you look at San Francisco, and uh, their third down defense is only 16th in the league, certainly more mediocre than you would think. So uh, that's, that's one of those things where uh, both of those teams have a little bit of a, a, you know, a flaw there that possibly can be exploited the other way. Uh, in the NFC, uh, Chris, how are you seeing it break down as far as uh, the divisional round, what the matchups would be, and uh, who you'd see coming out of it?
1: Well, I am so, just so conflicted and torn on the NFC. Um, it is it is not as uh, cut and dry to me as, as the NFC is, for all the reasons that both you gentlemen have outlined. Because um, Because so, these teams are so Jekyll and Hyde, right? I mean, Philadelphia, great start to the season, end of the season, not so much. San Francisco, man, they look like they've got it all together. But they're going into the playoffs with a rookie uh, quarterback who was the last pick in the draft. There's part of me that just sits there and says, there's no way that that just continues, right? You know, they're not riding the rookie last pick in the draft to the Super Bowl um i just struggle with it same thing with minnesota right they've got to be the worst three seed in the history of the nfl
2: yeah
1: um punk differential screams that at us right and 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 so and again tampa bay broken down all you know they've they've got all kinds of problems but they got tom brady uh dallas on paper they look better But you've got, you know, a fool like Mike McCarthy as head coach and Dak Prescott will (laughs) shit the bed at any moment. So I just – I look at this entire lineup and I just go, dear God, like what – I mean, you could make an argument for every combination in any way and I could sit back and say to you, well, that does make sense. That does make sense, you know. But I guess if I've got to do something, um, I'm going to take Dallas beating Tampa Bay – and, and I'm going to, you know, one of those two other games is going to be an upset. And I'm just, I'm going to go with the Giants because I just, I, I feel like the San Francisco story's got like one more round in it, right? Like mm-hmm. just, just one more play there. Um, I don't believe, you know, Geno Smith started the season great and he's tapered off. It's hard for me to believe in the Seahawks. Able, ability to beat that defense in, in round one on the road. So I I, I will go with the Giants and the Dayball effect and, and, and that lousy, you know, point differential with the Vikings and, and figure that's going to be our upset. Um, so, you know, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I've got, I've got Dallas coming out of there. Um, the Giants then losing to Philadelphia and um, with San Francisco and Dallas, <laughs> I've got to go. I've got to go. Um, I still gotta. I still gotta go. San Francisco, because I don't believe in my Cowboys.
0: Yeah. So, the
1: Brock Purdy story carries you then all the way to the NFC Championship game, where Philadelphia finds a way and goes uh, in, into the Super Bowl to play uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals.
0: Wow. Well, and that's right. You're a Cowboys guy too. I gotta say this. I gotta circle back to the NFC North, and this is just the way my mind works because. Coming into the season, both of us were wrong when we were doing our divisional previews here. Uh, I was wrong that uh, Detroit was not going to be as successful as they were under Coach Smedium's Shirt, so I take my hat off to you. Uh, You didn't see Minnesota coming, and uh, again, that being said, I freely admit, and in this week's preview of just our games that's being recorded, just the wildcard games, I'm labeling Minnesota as the worst 14-3 and team in pro sports history. So you're not wrong about that, Chris, but when you got your little shots in there on Minnesota, it somewhat reminded me of when my dad would send out these, you know, the, the, the email chain things here, and then I would, he, he he got mad when I would send out the Snopes things debunking them. Actually, that's not true and whatever. And, you know, my, my dad would always claim that there was like a larger truth to it. Well, Bill Gates should have said those to, that to those elementary school kids, you know. So that's what you seem to be doing with Minnesota, Chris, because <laughs> you picked against them at the beginning of the year. You're not wrong that they're not nearly as good as their record, but I still had a chuckle a little bit when you were burying them.
1: Well, I mean I just somebody's losing in that first round. Yeah. That shouldn't. Yeah. And and I and I and I just to me it goes, okay, is it Vikings or is it San Francisco? Who do I believe in less? Well <laughs> I, I believe less than the Vikings. So I will I will I will pick them to to uh to be the upset uh that everybody goes, Oh my goodness, how did that happen? Um I, I just and as far as Cowboys at San Francisco in the divisional, I just have no faith in my Cowboys. I mean, I just have none.
0: You know? <laughs> and maybe,
1: it's, maybe at this point, it's like being, you know, being the, the, the PTSD Browns fan that I also am, yeah. right? Like, I expect everything to go wrong, even though I, you know, dare and hope and dream. And I'm the same way with the Cowboys. It's like, you know, I, they can look great at times. And then other times you go, I don't understand what, like, is anyone even coaching this team? So I, I just I don't have any faith in them. So uh, that that San Francisco defense is, is good enough to, to shut down anybody, and I think they can get past a, an inconsistent Cowboys team in the divisional. I think they run out of gas with a rookie quarterback against Philadelphia on the road. But you know I, that the, you know that's to me the most likely scenario of it playing out. Now, wouldn't it be interesting if Joe Burrow gets to the Super Bowl and has to play the NFC West? Uh, again in San Francisco instead of the Rams this time um, that would be an interesting wrinkle, but uh, I, alas, I don't see I don't see a rookie quarterback riding his getting his team all the way into the
0: Super Bowl. I just don't see it. The third Bengals- so none of us
1: see a world where Seattle
2: Seattle wins. I, I realize <laughs> that we completely glossed over um, the Geno Smith story, and I don't. That's that's the. I, I would not be. Let me. I would not be surprised if Seattle somehow pulls it off. I don't think it's going to happen, but I. I wouldn't be that surprised if Pete Carroll and, and Geno Smith somehow make it happen. I don't see them going any. If they make that upset, I don't see them going anywhere further. But I don't think. That, just like, just like Chris said, all these NFC games, I you can make an argument for either side. But you know who knows? Maybe, maybe the Geno Smith magic will come
1: back. Well, listen, you have a point that. You know, you give Pete Carroll that third bite of the apple on a, on a team that he knows and a system he knows to coach against and has to play against. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that is one of those, you talk about coaching, that is one of those dangerous matchups, right? Yeah. Like, cause we all do just go, well, San Francisco's just better. Well, okay. But I think, you know, and again, that's the kind of think about how that would happen where we'd all be, none of us would be truly shocked if Seattle on um, their third bite of the apple, got it done, right? But that what that does then is, is sends them to Philadelphia. And then if we're right about Dallas and Tampa Bay, well, you know, or even if we're not, then that sends the Dallas, Tampa Bay, you know, match up with New York. Then they get to then be home against the, you know, the Giants if the Giants win, right? Yeah. So I mean that's if you're the Cowboys, right? Like beat Tampa Bay, if Seattle wins suddenly Hey, now you've got, you know, now you've got maybe the Giants at home in Dallas. Now that's, now you go, okay, now I can see Dallas getting to the NFC Championship game. Like, that's a real, that's a real thing. And, and I think that's, I think what you illustrated with the Seattle, your Seattle comments is just exactly how messy the NFC is and the way this, this thing could break. Certainly not as clean as we think everything will be in the AFC.
0: Yeah, there's more potential for chaos over here, obviously, and so you're saying Philadelphia to come out of the NFC, which I agree with, and uh, by the way, and thankfully I don't think we uh, get this, I think we're pretty well understood on this show, but for anybody that ever thinks we're being homers for any of our teams here, I'm already on record as saying my fish are going to get steamrolled, maybe by a historic margin against Buffalo, you've said what you've said about the Cowboys here, Chris, so... We're, we're certainly capable of being objective here in, in all of these things. So, uh, Derek, let's hear from you on uh, your combo for the NFC championship game, how you see it uh, playing out. Uh, I'm sure you're not with us here on Philadelphia coming out of the NFC, but what do you see?
1: Yeah, I, I,
2: I don't know. I, I think the injuries to Philadelphia, I, I think they're more hurt than they're letting on. Um, no pun intended with hurt and hurts, but I don't see Philly making it out of there. Um I think it's either going to be San Francisco with riding the Purdy story, or I think if one of if some of these upsets, like either if the Giants, if Seattle, New York, or Tampa get the upset, I could see any one of those teams making a magical run, um, at least to at least through the divisional and getting there to uh, to San Francisco. Um, honestly, a lot of my predictions for the NFC are going to be what I see wild card, but um, just looking now. I don't know. I, I guess I'll pick San Francisco to come out of it, barring how the wild card shakes out. Um, New York could make a, a run, but I don't think they have the talent to get past a defense like San Francisco. Um, Seattle, obviously, if they beat San Francisco, you could see it. But um, I'm obviously going to pick San Francisco over them. And then I think Tampa. Tampa. I mean, you have the Brady effect, but I don't think they have the talent to get over San Francisco's defense. And then obviously dallas i don't think i think mike mccarthy will be in a in a, his brain will be in a pretzel going in shanahan and all the crazy stuff he does with that uh that offensive scheme so i'll go ahead and make my pick with uh san francisco i'll ride the purdy story but um my heart tells me that's not going to be
1: the case
0: well and i agree with you about mike mccarthy and uh Dare I say, if you were to uh, live stream the uh, viewing experience, uh, watching Mike McCarthy melt down, that would be good entertainment for the rest of us on Twitter. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, McCarthy's going to McCarthy here, and uh, that's the main reason I'm picking the outcome. I'm picking a net game. And the statistical odds are highly with you, uh, Derek. The numbers don't lie since you've picked Cincinnati to come out of the AFC. This would be the Bengals' fourth Super Bowl appearance and a whopping third time against San Francisco. So, yes, you, you pretty much have to go with them, albeit could have been four for four last year if they had gotten past the Rams, but uh, which would have been the, the greatest statistical anomaly of all time. So, uh, again, from my uh, end of regular season breakdown here, uh, I already have it out there that I've got Buffalo over Philly in the super bowl here i am going chalk as far as the top seeds in this neither of you guys is so uh we'll start with you uh derek here uh following up on on your thoughts about this uh, cincinnati san francisco how you see it breaking down
2: cincinnati 100 percent i mean i same I, i'm sure chris will say the same thing i just i believe in burrow more than purdy well if, if san francisco gets there you never know the, the purdy effect would be uh a great story and for anyone that you know has their tinfoil hats on maybe there's a there's an if the nfl's pulling the strings maybe there's a part of them from a theatrical standpoint would want uh, the mr irrelevant to win the super bowl but tinfoil hats off yeah i i'm riding with uh, cincinnati and joe cool
0: well yeah and uh, having him uh for the third time being the charm against san francisco having him a quarterback over uh, boomer esiason and ken anderson a definite upgrade for Cincinnati this time around uh, at quarterback and uh, an edge that they didn't have either time against San Francisco previously without Joe, Joe Montana, the role of Joe Montana is being played by Brock Purdy. You know, yeah, that's a uh, good luck with that one Niners. So uh, Chris, how would you see it shaking out? You have it being uh Cincy Philadelphia. Am I right?
1: Uh, that is correct. And um, as much as I love Joe Burrow, I'm going Eagles.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Um, I, I think if the Eagles can can get healthy enough with Hurts and, and 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 get there, they will find they that means they will have found their earlier season their earlier in the season form. And um, if they if they find that and are able to you know handle the loss of guys like Lane Johnson and stuff. Again, there's a question mark there, but I think if the Eagles get there, I like them as a team because of the dual threat of Hurts more so than the Bengals. But I think we we see an almost identical Super Bowl like last year. Bengals have a chance; they're in it, and then they lose in the in the last few minutes. No fault to Joe Burrows. Um, and uh, then we now we've got ourselves a little mini 1990s Buffalo Bills situation.
0: Very interesting. So we've got three different Super Bowl picks here. I'm saying Bills, and uh, Derek is saying Bengals, and you're saying Eagles, Chris. And uh, that is a thing where, uh, yeah, if, if it plays out that way, uh, again, I, I, I can't wait to see what the 30 for 31 day is going to be on uh, Howie Roseman here as uh, Philly GM. I, I've always said that he is the J.R. Smith of general managers, that uh, sometimes you want to manually disembowel him, and sometimes he's your favorite ever and uh, for the Philly people, they've ridden the roller coaster the last couple of years with him, and uh, if he can get them to a second Super Bowl, uh, I can't even imagine that. uh, You know, you you would think he'd be a made man for life there, regardless of whatever his next stupid moves as a follow-up would be, his inevitable stupid next moves. But uh, any other thoughts here on this? I'm going to start with you, uh, Chris. Any other thoughts on this year's playoffs we didn't get to?
1: Um, I think the one thing is... um saying probably saying goodbye to Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Um, I know everyone is like, Oh, he's going to go to San Francisco or, Oh, he's going to go to Vegas or, you know, Oh, you know, Miami, are any of these teams really going to put off developing a quarterback potentially of the future so they can saddle to a 46 year old who had an okay (laughs) year. Like, I just don't buy it. I think at this point, um, Tom may not want to retire, but I think that there's a real there's a real probability that NFL teams go, you know what? If this was Tom three four years ago, we'd still be willing to ride that train. Are we really we really really wanted to give Tom Brady a two year deal at 46, you know, and tell and tell Tua or tell Brock Purdy or whoever to you know take hit the bench. Like I just don't. I just I struggle. And I suppose the only real possibility there might be the Raiders, because of Josh McDaniels, and because they're pushing out Derek Carr. Um, but that remains to be seen. So I guess just you know this may be it for this may be it for Tom Brady, and, and if it is, I think that that's what a historic run it's been.
0: Yeah, and and you were pointing out some time ago that uh, this time was going to come here, and uh, you you've been calling it that uh, there was going to be a year like this coming up i i will say from my narrow selfish perspective that uh, tom brady if he leaves is going out on top as the quarterback for the donovan mitchell welcome wagon uh the uh, champions in my fantasy football league here this year so tom brady at least was carried by the rest of my team to a championship if nothing else so the man goes out on top uh as he deserves to with his career uh derek any other thoughts you have on this year's playoffs I think the biggest
2: thing from the NFC side is I think you were going to see at least one, most likely one, maybe two. We're going to see who's the who's going to be the big dog in the NFC for a few years. I don't think anyone looked at LA last year and say, "Oh, they're going to they're going to be the the juggernaut for years to come," especially with an ailing Stafford. Um, I'm hoping you know the NFC will start to shake out kind of how the AFC has, where you have the. Uh, the juggernauts of, uh, of, Cincinnati, Buffalo and, and Kansas City duking it out every year. I think we'll see that in the, or we'll at least see where the NFC is going. Um, if Philly makes it all the way, they're obviously that, they, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is a young guy. Um, you can obviously say the same thing in San Francisco. San Francisco will be interesting to see how that, if they make it, you know, to the, to the NFC championship or higher, it'll be interesting to see how they shape things out with, uh, their, uh, their carousel of quarterbacks with, between trey lance purdy and uh and garoppolo um so i think i think that'll be the most interesting thing from the nfc side of seeing who's going to be the who's going to be at least one of the juggernauts in the nfc for for a few years to come um the nfc seemed to be in a it's finding itself right now uh after you know i think they had some dominance over the last uh the last decade whereas the afc has found itself in those three teams so I'm curious how the NFC shakes out, because um, as we talked about uh, the last five, fifteen minutes, I don't think any of us are uh, would would put uh, would would bet the bank on any of those teams in the NFC.
0: No, I agree with that. And as far as what you said about the Rams, that's absolutely true. Even as they were doing it last year, I, I saw them as just a supercharged version of a Stars and Scrubs team which is partially because of uh, the way that they built that team and uh, foregoing a lot of their draft picks in lieu of high-priced uh, guys to come in here. And they really they had the rare kind of stars and scrubs team that they could take over the top. And then this year, of course, we see them for the North Korean Potemkin Village that they truly were uh, because they just they just <laughs> fell apart altogether. You know, it just a good stiff wind blew them over this year. And uh, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Derek. I don't think we'll be saying the same thing about any of these teams in the NFC in the years to come. So I think we have seen uh, in the NFC a little bit of a shaking out of what we're going to see the next couple of years up there. And uh, again, it has been uh, a wonderful discussion here. Uh, For my money, the best preview you're going to get anywhere with you two guys here for the 2022-2023 NFL playoffs. Chris Galloway, Derek Joseph, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini episode 1574.